Okay, 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Here we go. 2 Peter 1, 3. It says, His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Though, or through these, he's given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Now that's a lot. It says his divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life. That's where I want to park. I want to read this in the message translation, though, because I think it illustrates really how we understand this. It says this. Everything. Everyone say everything. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God, which is the goal, everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God, which is Jesus. Thank you, Nikki. I appreciate that. Uh, By getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we've ever received. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned back on a world corrupted by lust. A lot of us in here would say, we believe in God, we believe that Jesus is God, that Jesus is who he said he is, and that he has a plan for our lives. If you didn't know that, this is your your news update. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. He has good things in store for you. And what our goal now is, as followers and believers in Jesus, is our goal in life, if nothing else, is to honor God with our lives. Scripture says over and over, Paul, who who writes through the New Testament all over, he says in multiple letters, he says, make sure that you do whatever you can to live a life that is worthy of the calling of God on your life. Live a life that is worthy of God. In other words, what what scripture says over and over is the goal of life, the goal of following God is to honor him with our lives. The goal is to honor God. Now, a lot of times we get it mixed up and we think the goal is to achieve, the goal is to reach a certain height, the goal is to make money, and money's not bad. I want to make more of it. Money's a good thing. I want more friends. I want rich friends. I want famous people to like me. I want them to follow me on Instagram. It will feed my ego. It is great. I want more of that. But unfortunately, it is not my end goal in life. It is not the thing that I'm living for. Are you tracking with me? Like, while those things can be good, and they can also be evil, the goal, the aim, the aspiration that I have in my life When I wake up in the morning, the thing that I aim to do, or the thing that when I survey my entire life, what I want is a life that honors God. Because there's nothing else worth living for. (laughs) Nothing else worth living for. So it says that everything that goes into a life of honoring or pleasing God, I, I love this, has been miraculously 
given to us, and here's how it's been given to us. Here's how we get to know how to honor God. Here's how. Through getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us. How do you get to know God? How do you honor God? How do you please God? How do you reach your potential? How do you find success in the world? How do you do it? You do it through intimately and personally knowing an actual God who loves you and me. I want to speak tonight on the subject, this idea of everything we need. Everything we need. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Let's pray and, and, and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us tonight. Jesus, we, we thank you uh, that you gave everything. And uh, you, de- you demonstrated the love of God that when we didn't deserve it, you still gave everything so that we would know how much you love us. Would you remind us, if nothing else, of that simple fact tonight, that you love us, that you'll never stop loving us. You'll never stop pursuing and inviting us into something better forward. In Jesus' name, everyone said? Everyone said? Amen. Um, Noel and I have been married for almost 11 years. We will celebrate our 11-year anniversary in just a few weeks here, which is pretty insane. And uh, I, was thinking about, I was thinking back to when we first kind of got together. And some of you have heard our story, some of you haven't. But, but I remember Noel and I, when we first, when we very first dated, um, I had kind of liked her. And, and uh, she'd really liked me, of course, uh, for a long time. She was really into all of this right here. And so... Um, she was all about it, and I remember the first memory that I have of this, uh, this relationship where it started is we were seeing a movie, and we're in the movie, and it was a little bit of a suspenseful movie, and I remember, you know, if you've ever sat next to someone in a movie theater, you got the armrest thing and, and all that kind of stuff, and your hands slowly start to move closer to each other. Do you know what I'm talking about? And the whole time, I mean, I'm seeing her, she's just going like this, just towards, towards me the whole time. I'm watching it. I can, I can feel it. It's just getting closer. She wants, she wants our hands to touch. And eventually, I caved. Now, actually, what, what really happened is uh, she, there's this intense part in the movie. And what Noelle, she doesn't do it as much anymore. But if we're watching a good, intense movie, um, it, she'll, she'll start to, like, like, go like this, okay? She, she hits, okay, I'm not saying this. I'm saying, like, if she's sitting on the couch, she'll just start going like this, okay? And, uh, but this was my leg. So, so we're sitting there in the movie. Uh, we're sitting there in the movie, and we're sitting right next to each other, and there's this intense part. And I don't know if she was intentional about it or what, but she just starts hitting my leg. And so what I did was, I was real smooth about it, is I grabbed her hand to stop it, and I just, I just went like this. So her hands, you, you gotta come up. We, we just have to demonstrate it. So. so um, let's pretend um, this is, what movie, what were we watching? Do you remember? Was it Gattaca? No. 
Uh, no, what's that one with Halle Berry, the, the freaky one? Gothica. Gothica? Was it Gothica? I'm not recommending it. It's been a long time, so don't go home and watch Gothica. Because, um, anyways. Okay, so we're watching. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was What a Girl Wants. I don't know. But it's an intense movie, and so intense part. Show me what you did. Show me what you did. <laughs> this wasn't planned, by the way. It was faster than that. So I just, and then the rest of the movie, I didn't move my hand, and she obviously didn't move her hand, and I just kept it right there. Girls, you know what you're doing. <laughs> what, what can I say? She really wanted me, so. But, uh, so I just held my hand there. I just kept it there, right on my knee, and it was amazing. And uh, that was kind of step one. It, see, for us, it was movies. It was movies. Like, we, would, we were watching a movie with some friends, and all of our friends secretly, uh, last minute, had something come up on our movie night. So it was just me and her watching a movie at my parents' house. And, uh, you know, the same kind of thing happens. We just kind of inch closer to each other. And then after that night, we kind of start to talk like, hey, do we like each other? And the next day was church. Like, you know, it's, here's the hard thing is when you're church people, uh, some people like roll their eyes like, why is it so complicated and weird to date in church? It's like, welcome to, this is what you signed up for. It's community. It's, it's people. Like, if you don't want people in your business, get rid of people and your life will be miserable and you'll, you'll have no drama. So... So we, we show up the next day, and we're, we're, we're a thing now, and, and all that kind of stuff, and, and it, it, you know, it was just amazing, and then three weeks later, we broke up, um, and uh, then I chased her around for two and a half years, but I remember these different pivotal moments, I remember we're at a prayer meeting one night, and, and the prayer meeting was supposed to get over by 8.30, and we had a 9 o'clock movie, What a Girl Wants, in theaters that we were going to go and see. And 8.30 came and went, and we're like, we're seeing this movie. And we snuck out and saw it. And we just snuck out the back and went and saw What a Girl Wants. So, hey, next worship and prayer night, don't be sneaking out because I know exactly what you're doing. But I remember being in a band together. I, I remember we were in a band called Fighting for Tomorrow. And uh, you can find us on Spotify. We're there, and it's, it's brilliant. And uh, we, we were called Fighting for Tomorrow, but, but uh, Noel's dad nicknamed us Gave Up Yesterday, and that's really, that's really what we did. We were awful. We lost to Homa's Battle of the Bands. Uh, we placed in the top five out of five bands competing, and uh, that was it. But I remember through it all, we, we really got to know each other. We really became, you could say, intimately involved in each other relationally and in our understanding of one another because what would eventually happen is we would get back together, we would date, we would get engaged, we would eventually get married on May 24th, 2008, just about 11 years ago. 
And it's funny because, because now in our relationship, we, we really, we know each other. And I was thinking about how God chose to, to, to send Jesus and how he chose to demonstrate his relationship to humanity. Because this is what we need to understand. Because a lot of times our view of God is a destructive one, so we misunderstand how he relates to us, and it affects how we see spirituality, it affects how we see faith, it affects how we see others, it affects how we see church, it affects how we see our future, okay? So I need you to understand this, because how you see God's relationship to you affects how you see everything else in your entire life. I, I heard it said once that we live our entire lives out of our belief of God. Not just our belief in God. Because scripture says that the demons and the devil, they believe in God too, and they tremble at his name. So it's not that you believe in God. It's what you believe about God and how he relates to you that really affects your life. Because I know some people who believe in God and they are mad at God for every wrong thing that has happened in their lives. Because the way that they see God is as this distant, disconnected, angry father who's up in heaven who has nothing to do with little puny humanity. But the truth is, is that God sees you and I, and he loved us so much that the way that he demonstrated his love for us is that through his divine power, he sent Jesus Christ to live on earth, to be perfect, to die in our place so that you and I would know eternally, once and for all, that we are loved and believed in and loved by God. Are you thankful tonight that you're loved by God? Come on, are you thankful for that? I'm thankful that God loved me and he sent his son. It says everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. That word divine power means God-given or ordained authority. God-given authority, a power that is not from us but is from God. And then that word knowledge means this. This is interesting. To have a deep understanding from an up-close perspective. God chose, and this is what I want us to understand, is God chose in his power to use relationship to demonstrate it. Like, think about all of the ways that you think about a king, you think about someone with authority, you think about someone with power. What do you, what do you think, when you, when you hear the word power, maybe you could just shout it out to me, what does the word power mean to you? When you hear power, what do you think about? Strength, what else? Authority, yeah, but when you think about strength and authority and power, what do you think about? Control, what else? Leader, what else? What? Being in charge, someone else said control. So a lot of times when we see power, and we see power structures, we see authority, we think of someone who's up on top in charge. But what Jesus did in coming here, what God wanted to demonstrate to you and me, 
is that his number one way to show off his power is through close, intimate, honest relationship. God wanted you to know that above everything else, what he wanted was to draw you close to him and look you in the eye and show you and tell you how much he loves you. I'm so thankful that God did not demonstrate his authority and his power in a way that he could, which is by might and by strength and by, you know, it's kind of like Little Mermaid, King Triton, and he's got, his, he's got his, his fork, whatever it's called, the Triton thing, the trident, and, and he can use it to demonstrate his power. But the way that God demonstrates his power and his authority and his influence is the opposite of how we see earthly power structures. The way that he does it, this is what Hebrews says. It says that you can now boldly approach the throne of grace. The throne, authority, power, structure, high, uh, in charge, control. And how does he identify that, that throne? With grace. Because what he wants humanity to know is that his number one goal in sending Jesus was to let all of humanity once and for all know that he's with them, that he's for them, that he loves them, that when he sees you and me, that he wants you to know that I, God, love you. No matter what you've done, where you've been, he loves you and me. So, God demonstrates his power through relationship. I'll say it one more time. Write it down. God demonstrates his power through relationship. I'm going to give you a couple thoughts on how to get to know God. Number one is this. Decide to keep saying yes to God. Decide to keep saying yes to God. You know, Noelle and I, having been married now for 11 years, um, it's been a fun ride. It's been great. We've loved it. It's been awesome. I wouldn't trade it for the world. All 11 years have been amazing, but not easy. Hasn't always been easy. There have been ups. There have been downs. There have been moments and seasons that are harder than others. It is not always just roses and daisies and fluff and smells and it's, it's not all easy. It is not all cupcakes. It is not all simple. There are times where it is a lot harder to keep saying yes. Because if I rewind 11 years, we said once and for all, we said our vows on the stage on our wedding day, and it was amazing. Tyler, you just got married. You remember your vows, right? Do you remember them? Lauren, you just got married a few months ago. You guys said your vows. It was beautiful. And, and, it, and it's just wonderful. But when you said those, you said it, and part of that, it was until death do us part. You ever heard vows like that? You say, in sickness and health, for richer or for poorer, no matter what comes, this is until the day that we die. But you don't just say it once, because every day you wake up and you look at this person who does not look as good as they did at 6 p.m. when you're out for dinner. Now, Noelle looks amazing, and, and she really does. 
But I'm telling you, it doesn't always look the same, but in those moments, what do you do? You go back to the commitment that you had once made, and you continue to live from that place of commitment, and you continue to say, yes, are you following me? So when you get married someday, how many of you want to get married someday? It's amazing, and it's worth it, and you're going to be an awesome spouse. I know it. You're going to be great. But there will be days where you're not feeling it, and in those moments, you will be able to choose, am I going to live from a feeling, or am I going to say yes again to what I said I said yes to on that altar? Because if we're not careful, we will say yes, and we will say, from this day, in health, and in richer, until comfort does us apart. This is what we often do. We say for richer or for poorer, but really we mean for richer and maybe like a short season where it's not as easy as it always was, but as long as we're pretty good, I'm, all, I'm in. I'm all, I'm 98% in. I'm thankful that I have a spouse and now a, a, a co-parent, a mom of my kids who is not 98% in this thing. But together, we are 100% committed to our future. Because I know that there will be days where though I don't feel it, it's going to require me to say, you know what? I said 11 years ago that nothing would ever separate us, and I've chosen to now live from that place of commitment. And what happens, though, is we see God as a whole different thing. We're okay saying, okay, well, I can go through thick and thin. I can go through thick and thin in relationship. I won't give up on my friends and all this kind of stuff. But then once it comes to God, it's I will worship, I'll lift my hands, I'll receive prayer, I'll talk with a leader, all that kind of stuff. But the moment that my life goes downhill is the moment that I look back at God and say, peace out, I'll see you on my next mountaintop. And so what we're doing is we are living, we're living from a place of we said yes once, and as long as we can stay on that level, we'll keep saying yes. But the moment that that level changes, the moment that the diagnosis comes, the moment that the difficulty comes, the moment that that person hurts us, the moment that we don't get along with our parents like we used to, the moment where someone betrays us, the moment where that person unfollows me and then tells all my friends that I did something that I didn't even do, is the moment that I decide, well, I don't really want anything to do with this because all, uh, ever since I said yes to God, Everything's been happening in my life that is not good. And what we do is we say, I'm going to say yes through thin, but I can't say yes through the thick. And what I'm inviting you to, maybe you've said yes to Jesus before, maybe you never have, and you can tonight. Maybe you've grown up in church, I don't know where your narrative falls, but what I am saying is for every single one of us, if we choose and decide that we want to follow Jesus, then intrinsic to that decision is a daily, continual decision that when I don't feel it, I'm still following Jesus. If no one comes with me, I'm still following Jesus. If people stab me in the back, I'm still following Jesus. If worship's not as good as it used to be because the worship leader loses their voice and the drummer is not as good, then oh, I'm still following Jesus. What we're saying is doesn't matter what happens around us because we said yes. 
God, if no one goes with me, I will follow you because you gave me everything. You gave me life. You gave me breath. You gave me purpose. So I will follow you through thick and thin. I will say yes again. I'll wake up tomorrow and I will say yes. And even if it rains, I will say yes. Even if I lose a friend, I will say yes. And what happens is that stuff still comes. I can tell you, we've had difficulties. We've lost friendships. We've had people disappoint us. We've had people around our world, and you'll experience this someday. I'm getting to the place in my life where it no longer happens to my parents and my parents' friends. The things that I remember as a kid happening to my parents' friends are now happening to me and my friends. Friends that let me down. Couples who we thought would stay married, divorced. Friends I thought I'd spend my life alongside, die in a moment. It's happened. People cheating on their spouse, people deciding they don't want to follow Jesus anymore. But can I tell you, those things don't determine whether I will follow Jesus or not. Because there was a point in my life where I realized and I recognized that Jesus gave me everything. And the least I can do is say yes every single day to Jesus. What Jesus himself said, if you want to come after me, you want to follow me, then what you've got to do is you've got to pick up your cross daily and what? You need to read your Bible more. I'm going to get to that. Pick up your cross and follow. Everyone say follow. So what Jesus said is if you want to come after Jesus, how many of you, you want to follow Jesus? Raise your hand. Okay? Good. It's a lot of us. Then guess what? God has just invited you to bear your cross. And I know that's an encouraging thing. After last week, we had our invite night, and a bunch of people said yes to God, and, and it's wonderful, and it's exciting. And I'm here to tell you that the best is yet to come. There are greater days ahead of us, but there's also difficulty. There's loss. There's heartache. There's trouble. The question is, will we say yes again? I'm here to say that I got my stake in the ground. It doesn't matter what comes at me. It doesn't matter how many times I fail. It doesn't matter how many times people fail me. I am not giving up. I have decided I will follow Jesus. To quote the prophet in the Old Testament, he said, I don't know about you guys. He's talking to the whole, all of the people of God. He said, I don't know about you guys, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. For, for undivided, we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to follow Jesus. We're not changing. There is no other God. There's no other way to God. It is Jesus and him alone. And I am saying today on May 1st, I have decided once and for all from this day forward, for richer or for poorer, for ease or for difficulty, I will follow Jesus and there is no turning back for me. And I want to invite you to come in with me. To say, yes. I'll say yes to Jesus. I'll say yes again. I mean, imagine if you had a spouse and you get married and you, you, you get home from your honeymoon, you have an amazing time. And, and then your, your spouse says to you, man, I really wish I had someone to talk to. 
And you're like, well, that's why we got married. We can talk about anything. I'm your husband. No, I, um, I just really don't feel comfortable letting you in on my issues. I'd rather talk to someone else. Like, just even think about that's so weird. Why? Because when you said yes, you said, no, no, no. We are in this together. And what Jesus is saying is that when you say yes to me, you're saying yes to closeness. You're saying yes to intimacy. You're saying yes to relationship, which is what he used to demonstrate his power. His power was not through ruling and reigning. It was through relationship, through invitation, through intimacy, through closeness. Are you with me? Here's three ways, three ways that we get to know God or three ways that we can say yes. Number one, I'm going to say yes. This is what I want to invite us to say yes to. Number one, say yes to reading your Bible. Wow, so simple. Wow, what a revelation. How great it is, Taylor. What a great point. Say yes to reading your Bible. It's been the same since I was in high school. It's been the same since the Bible has been printed. It's been the same since before the Bible was in print. The best thing that you can do to grow in your faith is to allow the Word of God into your life. Say yes to Him. Say yes. The Bible says that man in Jesus is having this moment with Satan. He's Spent days in the wilderness. He's tired, he's hungry, he's worn out. And the devil comes to try and tempt him with all these different things. And he responds to him with this. He says, man shall not live by bread alone. He's quoting the Old Testament here. He says, you can't live by bread alone. You've got to live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And what he's saying is there's this dependency that we need to learn to have on Scripture. Because here's the thing. I know a lot of people who say yes to God. I know a lot of people who have really thin faith that fades quickly. Why? Because they wanted in the moment to say yes to God, but they didn't want his word, his precepts, his, 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 uh, his structure, his rules, his opportunities, his ways. They didn't want to leave room for that to get in them. So if you and I want God to change our lives, we want to have a relationship with God, we want to get close to God, then we've got to be willing to allow the Scripture, the Holy Scriptures, God's Word, to get into our hearts. I know, this is such a revolutionary point. Wow, Taylor, the way that you just said it is really incredible. I know, I really thought a lot about it. Not, not really. It's just the truth. That if you want to get close to God, read your Bible. That's all. If you don't want to get close to God, don't read your Bible. If you do want to get close to God, read your Bible. If you do want to get close to God, read your Bible. There's a song we grew up singing. Read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, grow, grow. That's it. If you read your Bible, you will grow. That's all. You're welcome. That's it. 
Where do you start? Wherever you want. That's why we have journals. Use the Bible app. Start in Proverbs. You've never read, if you've never sat down on your own with your own volunteer effort in your own moment by yourself to read scripture, the best thing that you can do is look at the date. Today's the first. Go to Proverbs chapter 1 right in the middle of the Bible. Take three minutes to read that chapter and ask God to use one thing from that chapter for that day. That's it. If you do that every day, I can guarantee you, you will not be the same person next month. I'm not even saying next year. You will not be the same person next month. Why? Because when you read your Bible, you'll grow. That's all. If you don't read your Bible, you won't grow as much. If you do read your Bible, you will grow. So what I'm inviting us to is this is the most basic spiritual discipline that is so underutilized. I went through my entire high school career, never, maybe I can count on one hand the amount of times that I sat down on my own volition to just sit and read scripture and allow God to speak to me. Now I knew scripture because I grew up in, in church, grew up around the things of God, and I'm thankful for that, and I loved God, and I really wanted to pursue God. And I had my Bible all the time because I was in church and I was in youth and I was in classes and all that kind of stuff. And so there was an element of I grew. But can I tell you, like, if, if, you're a, if you are depending on someone here to give you a word that's going to sustain, sustain you throughout the week, then you're missing it. Because while there are times where the message is great and wonderful and funny and inspiring and helps you to connect with God, the fact is, is it is not even close to enough. What you need is your own revelation that God loves you from the scripture as you sit down to read it by yourself at Starbucks or at your lunch table or in that classroom by yourself during your lunchtime or after school or before school with some friends at Starbucks, whatever it might be, until you're willing to say, you know what, I actually want to grow and I don't want it to be because someone else forces me, but because I want to grow that I'm going, to, I'm going to open scripture on my own. I'm going to allow it to speak to me, and it's going to make me stronger. It's going to make me better. That's it. Do you want to grow? Raise your hand. Then you exactly know the answer. Read your Wow, what a good point. Number two, I'm going to say yes to prayer and worship. Wow, Taylor, that point's even better than the one before. I know. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to say yes, prayer, and worship. The best side tips I'll give you, and I'll invite the, the, the worship team to come up here at, at this time, but this is one of the best things that you can do. Let me tell you. I'm, I'm about to rock your world right now. Raise your hand if you have iTunes or Spotify. Raise your hand if you're stuck with an Android phone. I don't even know what you use. Winamp or, or something like that. Raise your hand if you have music on your portable device. Portable, portable, whatever. Best thing you can do. Let, check it out, check it out. Listen, listen, listen. The best thing that you can do, listen, is in addition to allowing the word of God to speak to you. The next best thing you can do, start every day with worship music. Practical, yes. 
Is it the only thing that you need? No. Because you can listen to worship music and still be angry. You can listen to worship music and still have a foul mouth. You can listen to worship music and have a bad attitude. But it's going to help. That's it. Start your day. I mean, there's too much good worship music out, too, to make an excuse that there's nothing good. Like, it was a 90s thing where people would say Christian music's so bad. Like, it was. I grew up on it. Let me tell you, Christian television was even worse. And I still record it, and I subject my kids to it every single day. Adventures in Odyssey, you don't even know what you're missing. McGee and me. I'm telling you, super book. It's bad stuff, and I love it. I'm reliving my childhood. But listen, listen. One of the best things that you can do. Say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download that album, that Hillsong album, brand new Hillsong United. It's amazing. And I'm going to start my day. Maybe it's just for you. It's, it's one song. Maybe what you say is, you know what? The only thing I'm going to listen to until I get to school, which you all know you listen to music, in your car, in your headphones, as you're getting ready, whatever it is for you, and say, you know what? I'm going to start my day with some worship. Why? Because it helps you to set your spirit right. Helps you to get your focus in the right direction. And a lot of you, let me hear, let me, let me say this, let me say this, listen, listen. A lot of you, the reason that you don't see progress in your life is because the only voice that you allow into your spirit is one that is contrary to the things of God. So the only music that you listen to, and I'm not here to say do or don't listen to Drake or whoever else. I don't know. But I will tell you this. And again, I'm not a separatist. I'm into all of it. I enjoy it. But here's what I know. Here, let me, let me, let me, let me hit you with this real quick. Okay, listen. The more I fill myself with the things of God, the more my spirit contradicts what I see. And the more it will not allow me to say yes to what I used to say yes to. If you keep saying yes to porn, maybe it's because you haven't been saying yes to the things of God and it doesn't, you don't have anything in you to offset what you keep seeing and watching and feeling. If you keep saying yes to all of these things and you wonder, why is it so hard for me to not say yes to this thing that I don't want in my life? And maybe it's because you haven't said yes to the very thing that's going to stand up against it. And I'm not telling you that worship music's the, the solution, but worship is. And this is what you're saying yes to. Is you're saying yes to worship. Because what do you do when you worship? What do you do when you worship? You're saying that I'm not the highest thing. I'm, I'm turning my eyes off of myself and putting it onto something that is above me. Gotta say yes. Gotta say yes to worship and to prayer. I wanna go into all of these different things. We're gonna close and worship in just a moment. Prayer is a lot more simple than we make it. It's just talking to God. It's listening to God. Cool thing is, is you can do all three of these things all at once. When I sit down at Starbucks, read my scripture, allow it to speak to me. I pray as I read it. I write stuff down as I read it. Sometimes I write my prayers. 
don't know about you, but sometimes praying is hard for me if I just sit in a corner. I like to walk around my neighborhood. I'll put my headphones in. I'll listen to worship music. And I'll, and it sounds weird, but I'll just let my spirit pray. I mean, literally, I'm, I, it's, it's so odd. Because God just speaks when you ask him to. Because really, you're just opening your ears to what he's already saying. I'm walking by houses. I'm having conversations. I'm literally in, in a restaurant two days ago. And I've been there enough times over the few years. Been inviting this lady, Michelle to church for years. She's never come. She, she always tells me she eventually will. And, uh, but what I'm thankful for is that over time, I told her that I'm, a, I'm the kind of person that if you had something, you could go to me. She's this older lady. And so she tells me on Tuesday that she has cancer. She said, I have cancer and there are, um, she said, I think it was nine aneurysms, I can't remember the exact word, in her brain. And she said, I just got the diagnosis. I've got another appointment tomorrow. And Taylor, I'm really scared. And, I, and she's like, I, if you have a prayer list, will you pray for me? And I said, better yet, why don't when you drop the food off, I'm going to pray for you right here. Is that okay? She's like, yeah, that's okay if you're okay with that. I was like, yeah, I'm okay with that. So she comes over to my table, and she, she comes up to me. And in that moment, I was, I was kind of like, oh, I don't want to do it. Maybe I'll just tell her I'm praying for you, and here's what I'm thinking about because it's awkward. But I was like, I'm going to pray. Can we do this? She's like, yeah, 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 yes, please. And so I just put my arm around her, and I, and I just prayed for her right there. Right in, right in the middle of the restaurant, there were people looking at me. I saw one guy shake his head at me. Saw another person nod. That's right, that's awesome. Because there will be people who praise you for following Jesus, and there will be people who mock you. But I didn't decide to follow Jesus because of what I will or won't get from others. I decided to follow Jesus because he saved me and he put something in my life. And he said, I can use you if you'll be available. And I'm thankful that that morning I was walking my neighborhood asking God for an opportunity. Guess what? He'll do what you ask. So I prayed for her. She gets a little teary. And I said, God's going to do something in your life, and I'm excited to hear about it. And it's an excuse for me to come back and order unhealthy food from you. But what is it? I said, yes. Imagine what God could do if you said yes. There's a guy named Bob Smith who in the 80s said yes to God. Working in the shipyard. He wasn't a pastor yet. He was working in the shipyard. And he said yes to God. He invited a guy named Steve Murray to church and prayed with him. And that person's following Jesus today because of him. That's my dad. He started Real Life Church in 1998. Steve Murray said yes in 1998 to starting a church, even though he had the comfort of a great job at a large church, going to a town of 7,000 at the time. He said yes to God. Had he not said yes to God, I wouldn't know this person right here who's the mother of my two kids. Because he said yes to God. And I said yes to God in 2005. Followed the call of ministry on my life. Because I believed God was calling me forward. And I said yes to God. I went down to Portland Bible College. Had I not said yes, I would not have half the friends that were in my wedding today. Had I not said yes to God to go down there, I wouldn't have gotten the training that eventually led me to say yes to God. And in 2009, moved back home, even though it didn't make sense. 
said yes to God. I'm standing on this platform today. You're sitting in this audience today because somebody in 1980-something said yes to God. Imagine what could happen if you said yes to God. Imagine what could happen if you said yes to Scripture, said yes to prayer, said yes to worship, said yes to community, said yes, I will follow Jesus, and if nobody goes with me, it doesn't matter because no one went with Jesus either, but he changed the world. So if, I, if he said yes, then by all means, I will say, yes, God, I'll go. And if nobody goes with me, I'll follow. If no one says I'm great, I'll still follow. If no one goes with me, I'll still follow. The cross is before me. The world can be behind me because I'm not in this for the world. I'm in this for Jesus. And the world will follow eventually because they will see me burn with the light of God on the inside of me. Come on, is there anybody in here who's ready to say yes to God? Come on, would you stand all over this place tonight?